This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I think I've always wanted to teach, actually. It's, it's all about relationships and it's all about building up those relationships with the students, with the kids and trying to get them to see something exciting and just seeing that light bulb moment of something clicking is is just the reason that you do it totally Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we are doing another timey-wimey episode where it is my morning, and it is my guest afternoon. Lee Forbes is joining me, but he is logged in via his wife's um, uh, account so I'm going to try very hard not to call him Hannah as we are talking <laughs> Lee welcome to the job uh, welcome thank to the you. show thank you Jesse delighted to be here and you know what I have been called much worse things probably in my time so if you call me Hannah it's totally fine well with my high voice I am called ma'am all the time on the phone okay you know, people think I'm always uh, in fact I can very easily call into a company i hope no one's listening and pretend to be my wife hi this is linda and you know and so <laughs> uh well that's great well uh lee tell us a little about yourself so um i am from northern ireland um and i'm 30 years old and a high school english teacher um I suppose if we kind of take it right back, I grew up in a, a small rural village. Um, and when I mean sort of rural village and small community, I mean there was like one primary school, two shops, a church, a pub, and that was about the height of it, as in Jesse. Um, so very much uh, a small rural community um, and just working class people. Yeah. Um, my on your elementary school, like how many people may have been in your class? Oh, like we would have had maybe 20, 25 at most. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of even people, not just from the village, but people coming in as in, and I think mine was sort of almost like a bumper year group yeah. um, in terms of, of big numbers. So yeah, quite small in that respect. Um, my mum had been like a childcare assistant, so she had for a number of years. Um, and my dad was just sort of a, a builder, labourer, as in. Um, and they, you know, certainly wanted the best for me in terms of yeah. education and stuff like that. Um, and things. They had stayed together until I was age seven, and then they separated. 
but I still had um, a really close relationship, you know, with my dad and would see him weekly and things like oh. that and what have you. Um, so I stayed in school until I was 18. And then I went to study at the Queen's University in Belfast. Okay. Um, so Belfast is about an hour from where I live. Um, I'm now in a, a town, as in or a town of Corian. Um, and that's about an hour from Belfast or um, half an hour from like the Giant's Causeway that okay. people might know of as one of the seven wonders of the world and so on. So I went there and I studied English and theology. Okay. And then once I had finished studying that, I did my teaching course that then certified me as being able to teach. And so I've been doing that now for seven years. Why teaching? I think I've always wanted to teach, actually. It's, it's all about um, relationships and it's all about building up those relationships with the students, with the kids um, and trying to get them to see something exciting um, and just seeing that light bulb moment of something clicking yeah. is, is just the reason that you do it. Totally. So any reason why English was your choice? Um, it, I think certainly when I went to my own secondary school, um, I think sort of about maybe the second or third year there, we were introduced to poetry. And that's a major turnoff for a lot of people. Sure. But for me, that was when English started to come alive. I couldn't believe that in something that could be so short and so concise, there could be so many hidden meanings and so many layers and so on going on within it. Um, and I think that was when I sort of started to latch into English. And then sort of by extension, you're looking at poetry and then you start really to think about the lyrics within songs sure. um, and music has has been something that I've always really enjoyed and been really passionate about and so I think the two kind of sort of dovetailed into one another almost. Yeah I could see that so Lee um, I always like to start at the beginning so talk about growing up you you mentioned in this small town your parents were together till you were seven what mm -hmm. were they music fans was there a lot of music in your house when you started? I think, um, yeah, there was. I remember certainly like the the top 40 on radio as in on, on local radio stations and sort of more national radio stations, just the radio always being on in the background in the kitchen um, and things like that. Um, I vividly remember my mum, you know, would be very much sort of country music orientated almost. So she was a massive fan and is a massive fan of the Eagles and Alan Jackson and those sorts of people of, of, of that being. Yeah. Um, my dad then was a big fan of Fleetwood Mac and sort of maybe slightly rockier stuff as well of ACDC and Meatloaf. Um, yeah. So I remember certainly those artists being played a lot at home. And I think that probably sort of sparked my curiosity of artists of, of that era as mm -hmm. in sort of 60s, 70s, 80s, as in particularly 70s and 80s. You know, I graduated high school in 1977 and there were, um, 
you know, Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles were two of the biggest bands. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I I guess I'm both sides of your parents in that way. Um, I think I I always used to get the comment that I was totally born in the wrong decade when it came to music taste. Absolutely. So as you started getting older, um, did you steer, did you find your own passion? Did you find, did you go through a rebel phase where you were going for either grunge or punk or rap or? Do you know, I think actually I was the exception. There was lots of that going on during my time at, at high school as in. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a section of, of those kids who were listening to Nirvana and the grunge aspect of things. Yeah. Um, also at that time, bands like The Killers were starting to come up and things like that. Um, and then also sort of dance music um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that was very popular. Um, whereas there was me and on my iPod whenever we were sitting in class doing art and you were allowed to like listen to your iPod and things like that. Yeah. My playlist was just sitting full of Fleetwood Mac, of the Eurythmics, of the Eagles, of Elton John, Bonnie Raitt, George Michael, U2. That was all my sort of stuff. So I wouldn't say actually I rebelled from what my parents mm-hmm. had listened to. I think I actually embraced it. it. On, oh, embraced how funny. It. And uh, so when did you discover Bruce? Bruce, and when did I discover Bruce? I think I, it was kind of known almost amongst classmates and actually teachers that I loved okay. that era of music because if we were doing stuff in like an art workshop where we were talking about poetry in English or something like that, something might have came up. And I, in my own mind, I'd have been like, that's very similar to a lyric in a particular Mm -hmm. song or a particular band or something like that. Um, And I remember my, one of my English teachers who was a man called John McCulley. And um, he had heard that I was a massive fan of Fleetwood Mac and that I was going to see Fleetwood Mac and and the Eagles um, over the course of a particular year and stuff. And he said to me, you've got to listen to Bruce. You've just got to listen to Bruce. And I was like, well, I know who Bruce is. I know the sort of born in the USA and things like that. And um, probably in my own sort of ignorance and youthful naivety, I was probably one of those people who was like, this is this patriotic, just nationalistic anthem rather than really understanding the true meaning at that time of it. Um, And anyway, I took on his words, you've got to listen to Bruce. And I think I remember looking up just online, what was his most recent release? and given it a go and this would have been in around about sort of 2009 something like that and so it would have been working on a dream right and um I remember listening to it and enjoying some of it but maybe feeling just a little bit ambivalent it maybe hadn't kind of fully grasped me just at that stage so I remember going back to him and he was like have you listened to Bruce yet and I was like, yeah, I have. And I think he sensed that sort of slight coldness or ambivalence. And um, he said, right, you need to get yourself hearing some of his live material. And I was like, okay. So he said, um, start out with either the like live in Barcelona or live in New York DVD. Okay. So I remember um, going down after school one day to like the record store has in. Yeah. And um, picking up live in Barcelona. And sitting that evening and watching it 
And I was like, I get it now. I get the interaction that's going on with the audience. I see some of the songs, the working on a dream thing. I can see where that can go in a live show. Yeah. Um, but this is something different. And um, of course, the Live in Barcelona show comes sort of following the Rising or as part right. of the Rising tour. And so that was then, I suppose, the English part of me that always wants to find out what's the context to something, what has influenced something, starts to delve a little deeper. And of course, the, the significance then of, of 9-11 and the influence of, of that and what was going on in the country on the Rising. Because, you um, know, that that was the you, you've already answered my next question is, you know, the live in Barcelona is during the Rising tour. And so I'd wondered if you understood the context of some of the songs that's from mm -hmm. the Rising, you know, uh, and it isn't totally about 9-11, but it certainly, sure. you know, influenced him and, and there was a lot in there. So did did that kind of spark the English fan in you? Like, oh, this is, he's actually discussing historical events or, you know, social events. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, again, you know, 9-11, when 9-11 actually took place, I was only 11 years old. Right. Um, and so I, I remember the images vividly um, sure. at, at that time and so on. Um, but as you say, it was probably then starting to delve into the rising and so on and understand this is a man who comments on historical, on the social, um, and there is a great deal of social commentary and mm -hmm. personal commentary going on within Bruce's music and his lyrics. Um, and I think that then clicked with the English side yeah. of, of things for me. Well, as someone who has, you know, you're, you're a young man, you have found that poetry is speaking to you. Do you think that, and this is kind of an obvious question, but the lyrics and how well he portrays a story in his songs, did that, do you think that really spoke to you once you got into it as someone who's recent, you know, who was exploring poetry? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would say that probably one of setting aside the music, because I absolutely love the music, the intensity yeah. of the street band, both collectively and individually, because I, I always had a fascination for piano and drums. Um, and whenever I was younger, we frankly couldn't afford a piano or for me to like take up piano lessons and stuff like that. Um, I didn't do that until kind of like secondary school that I started doing a wee bit of work on a keyboard um, and things like that. So I've always kind of had that fascination. And I suppose if I was picking some of my favorite songs, they are very much piano or drum driven. Okay. Yes. Um, but if we if we leave aside the music, then definitely it's the lyrics, it's the imagery, it's the narrative that Bruce is able to construct and how he's able to say something so succinctly in the same way I suppose much as as poetry does so succinctly and yet it's it's like a sledgehammer to you when you grasp it um it just cuts deep or you just have this moment of realization um moment of empathy uh moment of sympathy for the characters um or just are able to um I suppose see yourself within it um there's just something about it yeah there's just something about it that speaks to you and about you yeah do 
Um, so, you know, you, you've discovered, uh, you know, live at Barcelona, I assume you started exploring other albums. Yeah, absolutely. So from that, then it was, you know, going all the way back to the start um, of of the discography. Um, And, you know, I think it maybe took me a little longer to warm to the first two albums of of Greetings and The Wild Innocent. But of course, then whenever Born to Run hits and you follow on through Born to Run, you know, The River, Nebraska, Born in the USA, Tunnel of Love, those are just out of this world outstanding albums um and there was there was always something within them um in fact there were so many things within them and i think that's where okay this guy isn't just a sort of one-trick pony where he's writing about something socially on one album i.e the rising this has been something that you can trace all the way through his career um and it's like i need to know more I need to know more. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of, um, you know, the the casual fan. And in fact, I, I've I had this discussion right um, last year when David Fodor, who's a big Bee Gees fan, mm-hmm. was on the podcast. And um, we had the similar discussion of that when people say, well, I don't like Bruce. Springsteen I go well have you listened to anything besides Born in the USA and David said same thing people who don't like the Bee Gees have you listened to anything besides Saturday Night Fever soundtrack Mm -hmm. Um, it is kind of one of the beauty of Bruce fandom is the diversity of his catalog and how many different in fact I've I've often and I haven't done this but I'm, I'm always tempted to try to the same way that Bob Dylan has eras or uh, like Picasso has different eras, there are different eras of Springsteen's, you know, career. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's an interesting thought of, you know, where, you know, the, the post reunion tour and then, you know, like the Broadway years, all this different ways he's doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That idea of, of kind of, placing into an era or categorizing um and i think it's something that would be on the face of it it seems quite simple to do but i think it actually could be quite difficult yeah um, i think so too with sort of the just the trajectory of things and how much there's overlapping and bearing in mind when some of the songs may have initially been created but not actually recorded or placed on an album yeah yeah and like you know, because Western Stars was actually recorded, you know, several years before he released it. Mm-hmm. And um, what are your thoughts on like Western Stars and Letter to You? I love them both. Um, Western Stars in particular, I don't know why. I think I've probably listened to Western Stars a little more than Letter to You, actually. Yes. Um, and I didn't think I would have done that, but but I have done. Um, again, I'm not sure if it's the fact of the the characters, the characterization, what um, that kind of double meaning of a, of Western stars means within the title. Um, and I just I'm so hooked on Moonlight Motel and Stones in particular um, yeah. up from Western stars. That is nothing against Letter to You because I adore Letter to You, and I think sort of that run of songs on it 
um, such as, you know, the power of prayer, Rainmaker, um, if I were the priest, amazing. Uh, there are so many days on my commute to work where I'm sort of in the last five, seven minutes of my journey and I put it on if I were the priest and there's nothing like rocking up to school with that guitar solo that ends if I were the priest yes, and it yes. just sets you up for your day. So um, I, I really enjoyed the latest two albums. Um, I felt like Western Stars in a lot of ways could almost be a collection of Elmore Leonard short stories or Zane Gray mm. short stories, right? So it is a very uh, cinematic and literary album. Absolutely. It is filled with little short stories. Um, so I could see why that would appeal to you. Um, do you do you try to put Springsteen into your curriculum with your I students? I do. Where possible, now, now given sort of the pandemic of, of the last year and a half, it's been really difficult to get course content sure. covered within the time. So there's there's not a great deal of time to do um, extra things that you would like to do. But certainly in the past, um, I, I have included some song lyrics and things like that um, and put those in front of kids to, to yeah. analyze for their devices or to kind of tell me, well, where do you think this has come from? What's it about? And then mm -hmm. I do reveal that this is actually a song and this is a song by this man called Chris Springsteen. Ask your parents, but you need to hear him. Oh, um, very nice. Stuff like that. So yeah, I have been known to do that. Good. Well, um, I always like to preface this with the amount of times you've seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, but okay. have you been able to see him live? And if so, how many times? I have. Um, okay. I have been able to see him live and I've seen him three times, Jeff. Okay. Three. Um, so it kind of, as I said, initially it took me a little while just to get him as in sure. within that sort of period of, of like 2009. So I missed, um, I missed out on the magic tour and the working on a dream tour. Um, and so my first time seeing him was in July of 2012 in Dublin. Mm -hmm. um, and I went with my mom. I oh, took okay. my mom. So I did. Um, because I had been playing Bruce loads and he'd been on a lot in the kitchen and she had been converted and she really wanted to see him as well. And that was the show in, in Dublin where they had previously played um, the day or two before at Hyde Park. Oh, okay. And um, he had broken the curfew. Yes. And they had shut him down in the mid of Twist and Shout. Yes. So, of course, his entrance to Dublin then was literally kicking in about a minute, a minute and a half into Twist and Shout. Um, and then he followed that up with I Fought the Law and the Law won, of course. Yes. So um, you could kind of tell just the humour and the energy following on from that show. And then we were straight in to Badlands and it was like, I'm here. I have arrived. I am seeing absolutely the boss, the that, absolute boss when it comes to live performance. I can imagine that excitement. I do remember seeing that video where, you know, him and little Steven come out and there was a little amp and, you know, and they're they're having yeah. so much fun with it. They were. It was so comical. So it was just the two of them. There was a lot of fun and a lot of laughs that night built, in, built into the opening and again then at the end of the, of the show. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so what other two shows did you go to? 
Well, actually, I've, I've, I printed out the set list, funnily enough, just of the three shows that I've been to, Jesse, yes. just in advance of this. And I remember as well, just on that first show, um, kind of prior to sort of what, what would be classed as his, his encore at that time, he did My Hometown, which he dedicated to Bono being in Dublin. Okay. Um, he then followed that into the river and then the rising and land of hope and dreams. And it was just such a powerful foursome um of that moment and i think just again the intensity taking it down my hometown the poignancy of that leading into the river um and then the rising and bringing into land of hope and dreams just that sense of celebration and 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 hope and promise um it was it was brilliant and in the encore then he did born in the usa and born to run back to back and i Mm -hmm. thought i died and gone to heaven just back to back um I, I remember as well just us being there and um, these were the shows, of course, following Clarence's death. And right. um, they played 10th Avenue Freeze Out and, of course, they had the montage of the moments with Bruce and Clarence and Danny interjected there and just the crowd, even though such uh, an energetic, lively song, um, the crowd was very still, actually, during it, almost while those moments were going on and, and breaking into spontaneous applause. Um, when the big man joined the band and everything just slowed sure. down for that moment. Um, and this was also then the show that I think during American Land, which was the last song of the set, that Jake injured himself. Mm. And I believe the next night he ended up playing a sax from, from a wheelchair. Oh, um, okay. I have no idea what happened. Um, okay. Unless there was maybe a little too much Guinness consumed. But I, yes. I don't know. <laughs> So you'd ask then about the next shows uh, or the other remaining two shows. The second one um, was a little bit closer to home. So it was in Belfast, um, right. in the King's Hall in Belfast, almost a year or just over a year after. It was tw- July 2013. And for that one, I took my dad. Oh, nice. Um, this was my dad's first ever concert. He wow. had never been to see a live music performance from a big artist ever before. So he hadn't. So because um, I think probably for the full year I had been raving, being like, you have to go and see Bruce. The next time Bruce is here, we're going. Yeah. Um, and I think I remember that show probably the best because this was during the time where um, in European shows, he was sometimes coming out and doing little pre-show acoustic sets. Right. Um, so I remember saying to my dad, we've got to get there super early. We've got to be standing in line to try and get in. And of course, he's thinking, this is madness. The show doesn't start until like five hours time. What are we doing here? Yeah, it was sweltering as well. It was absolutely boiling heat wise. And all of a sudden, the line started moving. And we were like, I'm being let in this early. This must mean something. And so we got in and we ended up in the pit um, and maybe about 40 minutes to an hour passes and all of a sudden there's some activity going on on the stage and Bruce comes out uh, with his guitar and he performs the five song acoustic set Um, and that was surprise surprise Maria's bed growing up in dreams and this hard land and I just thought you know what as a as a five show as a five song piece we could just go home now that was yeah, just exactly perfect. right. Okay, that yeah, we go like perfect. okay, yes. It was like you've got it all. Surprise, surprise, literally, surprise, surprise. I'm coming out yeah. and doing a little, a little set for you. Maria's bed really took me by surprise. Obviously, sure, I am too. Yeah, I imagine. Um, 
and and it was wonderful and then you get a little bit of growing up you're back from the beginning a little cover thrown in and then you end with this hard land it has all of the elements of of the you know a great flowing whole whole set whole show um yeah and yeah so that was incredibly memorable i think that and also he did um about four songs in a row from nebraska uh-huh. Which were reason to believe Johnny ninety nine Atlantic City and Nebraska itself. Yeah, um, and those were lovely to see. So they were. Oh, I imagine that was um, that was a, a great night. Definitely a great night. And then the third show, keeping this in the family affair, um, the third show and the the last one that I've seen was um, during the River Tour in twenty sixteen, again down in Dublin, and I took my wife in that instance. She had. Um, become my wife in those intervening years yes and um she again always hearing me raving about bruce and having it on the background every time we went on a car journey bruce would be going on in the car and she's like you've got to come and see this and so sure. she did. um and again another fantastic night just some really great standouts jesse like um he opened with darkness um which was a brilliant opener um, the standout, I think, of the evening was there was a sign request for Back in Your Arms, um, which was just lovely. And he did his whole intro and whole talk, you know, about having wronged someone. And it was just lovely. Um, and I vividly remember a, an even younger couple, like about 16, 17, who were just in front of us. And when they played Cadillac Ranch, they went absolutely ballistic. They just they were so so happy bouncing up and down and just to see that joy because his live shows are incredibly joyful for the most part yes, there's they always are. poignancy a little bit at times he knows when to bring it up and bring it down and then bring, move it back but um there was just such joy that evening it was brilliant well you know i i've i've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast and i know you've you've listened to a fair episodes and by the way thank you you sent a very wonderful email um saying how much you've enjoyed the show and that's how we connected yeah but um i do think that during the river tour in 2016 they there was an awareness that the road behind them is longer than the road in front of them Mm -hmm. and that there is a finite amount of time left where they will get to play together and i do think that there is a sense of joy that they are enjoying every moment on stage that they are getting to perform. And um, so I do think that what I love the idea, Lee, is you, and I won't put words in your mouth, but you've been able to share three shows with the three most important people in your life. Totally. Your mother, your father, and then your lovely bride. Mm -hmm. No, you've summed that up really well, Jesse. And my wife, I think was so Bruce is like my number one yeah. and I think my number two is probably Fleetwood Mike and Stevie Nicks and right. and um she's she's bored and I, I, I almost of hearing me constantly talk about fight sure. them. um and then it was at that show in seeing Bruce live that she totally got it sure and she was converted to and I think again um sort of the, like the lyrics and the poetry he played Jungle Land that night as a as a request, and Jungle Land was like in my list of songs that I needed to see live. Right, and um, she knew how special that was for me, and I think 
again, just his writing within that outside the streets on fire in a real death waltz. Yeah. She's like, I get it. I get why this appeals to you now. That's, so yeah, that's... no, you're you're totally correct. I have shared it with yeah. my three most important people. That's 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 great. That's that's wonderful. So um the hopefully you know, let's let's talk about songs and albums that mean a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know, you, I, I, you know, I send you, I send my guests an agenda in advance to kind of think about it. So, have you kind of thought about that? That I, I have, and of, of course, you're you're also doing um, the songs of your your life with some yes. of your guests as well. Yes. And I've 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 been thinking about that, and in a lot of those instances for those categories, I've like two or three that I will be trying to to decide between. Yes. So. If um if I'm ever lucky enough to be invited back to no doubt some of these will feature. We will absolutely do that. I promise. <laughs> we will have you back on to do that. Um, I think it goes without say born to run. Yeah. Um, and I love the intensity of night. Um yeah. I love back streets. Back streets, I think, um, with the piano opening gripped me from the very beginning. I love the sort of Bo Diddley beat of She's the One. And yes. Jungle Land with all its imagery um, just appealed to me. There's always the, uh, the debate, I suppose, amongst a lot of fans between is it Born to Run or is it Darkness? Um, yeah. And I, oh, it's like Sophie's Choice, isn't it? Yes, Go it is. Baby in some of those instances. And it could be either on any given day, I think. Racing like, in the Streets is another beautiful piano song. Racing in the street is my ultimate. I think Jesse, like if um if if he, I'm not a sign person, right. um at his live shows, but bearing in mind what you said about the reality of of all of us having a very finite amount of time potentially yeah. left on any given day, um and who knows what the future may hold given you know even the world circumstances, I think I may have to take a sign for racing in the street. Okay. Um, I may need to do that. Um, Promised Land and Darkness, the, the River again. It's maybe some of the more the more ballad songs mixed with obviously the the upbeat, um, sure. the upbeat rockers. I love Independence Day and Stolen Car and The Price You Pay. So it was a real treat to get to hear some of those. Of course, within the River Tour. Um, at the moment, I've kind of really been spend a lot of time with Nebraska and Tunnel of Love. Okay. Um, I think Johnny 99 as a story, as a narrative, um, has has really gripped me of late. And yeah. I've been thinking lots about it. And I, I'm not sure why entirely, but I love it. And, and Atlantic City, etc. Um, Tunnel of Love has always held me for some reason. Um, I think, again, just knowing and, and having read Bruce's autobiography, of course, and where he was at at that point personally, I think it just means so much more when you hear those songs and you interpret them in light of, of his personal circumstances. Absolutely. Um, and then, of, of course, sort of, you know, moving into to human touch and him becoming a father. And we have a little boy who's, who's two now. Um, yeah. And we we had quite a rough start as well. So we did just when he was born. So kind of factoring a little bit of where he was in there. You're kind of charting, I suppose, your own journey 
right. um, in accordance with, with Bruce's journey and seeing so much of yourself and, and that within his songs and his life too. Well, you know, Living Proof and Long Time Coming are very parental songs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my son is an adult, but there was a, he, he hit a rough spot as many young people do. And uh, he was feeling pretty depressed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a great song uh, that Brad Paisley does that does Letter to You. I don't know if you know the song. If I could write a letter to me back when I was 16, you know, yes. and the lyrics is all about him, what he would tell his 16 year old self. And uh, that and uh, Land of Hope and Dreams, mm-hmm. you know, where I talked about, you know, um, faith will be rewarded, you know, yes. that you will, we can't overcome this, um, has been a lot to me and my family. But um, I, I can only imagine um, you now have a young son and you'll be able to raise him mm-hmm. to love Fleetwood Mac, to, to love the Eagles, like, you know, from your mother, your father, and then Bruce Springsteen, that's, you know, another generation of music love that you'll be able to share with him. I know. And um, I, I've been very fortunate in that actually I've been able now to kind of fulfill that dream of, of learning and taking up the piano. Oh, okay. Um, and um, my wife is a like far better piano player than I am. Yeah. Um, but I have a number of like Bruce music books. And um, when he was young, I was sort of playing like little chords and stuff of Because the Night and and things mm-hmm. like that. And you, it's starting to, I think, filter in. He could be crying one moment. And if I go to the piano and play Because the Night, it'll stop. Oh, it'll how wonderful. Stop. So That's awesome. The, the influence is there already, hopefully, Jesse. Yeah. So, um, Lee... Um let's you know hopefully he's going to tour again in 2022 mm-hmm. and so um uh, who do you bring next time that is the question isn't it yeah. maybe, maybe next time i try and get all three of them there all four uh, of you to go yeah that'd um, be lovely all four of us go and that might be the next i think that, that might would be, the be next move. i i actually have a little tear thinking of that the four <laughs> of you there that would be wonderful um, so you mentioned about wanting to hear Jungerland live and you got it. Are there other songs that you would love to hear? And I think most of us do have a little bitty, if not physically written down a mental checklist of songs yeah. you want to hear. Totally. Um, I think as well, having, you know, maybe come to it quite late and, um, the fact that when, when Bruce was playing here, um, within Ireland as in, um, at those times for the majority of them, I was a broke student. Um, and so I couldn't travel outside or beyond here. Um, yeah. And that has maybe limited me in terms then of, of the songs that I've, I've seen. Sure. And so my list is maybe a bit longer than some other people's. Yeah. Um, we talked about racing, racing in the street. Yeah. Um, that's definitely up there. I absolutely adore Shut Out the Light. And I would love to hear Shut Out the Light. Yeah. Um, Again, we've been mentioning their sort of tunnel and I love the title track. I love One Step Up and Walk Like a Man. I think it's just such a personal song and um, Walk Like a Man. And, um, 
just I, I remember that I think that kind of appeals to me in terms of like my own childhood experience and then my own wedding day experience mm-hmm. as well so there's there's quite a number of those um and of course anything anything we will be blessed to hear if from if he does bring out anything from western stars um and i'm just so looking forward to hearing some of the letter to you material as well absolutely yeah i i agree i'm my my worry and, and it's not a true worry is uh that they may skip over western stars you know yeah, because of more i have the same fear letter to you uh <laughs> though uh you know i'd love the tucson train or moonlight motel mm-hmm. you know anything from that would be wonderful um you know and the the dilemma he has is how do i mix the songs that people want to hear Mm-hmm. with the new material and like um you know we think about going back to the beginning of you're watching that dvd live from barcelona right mm-hmm. he was able to mix in a lot of the rising songs along with you know what we would call standards you know as other yeah. stuff so i'm hoping that's going to be where it is uh similar to like you know when he toured with magic or Hopefully. you know see yeah so that'll be interesting um I I would love to see um, the Tunnel of Love is an album that I that means a lot to me too. I think it's really brilliant. And you know, like when he was doing album shows, that would have been what I wanted to see him doing. You know, Tunnel of Love from beginning to end. I think would be just lovely to see. I've been able to see a couple songs um, in Houston. He did One Step Up as a mm-hmm. sign request and uh you know he makes the joke that um the full e street band had not done one step up since like the late 90s and he makes the joke we do not know this <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> you have made your bed sir uh which cracks me up um any others that you just are on your list Definitely, uh, it's it's nearly the epics, so it is of, of yeah. racing in the street and back streets as well. Sure, um, that would be that would be awesome. Definitely. Yeah, that would be great. Final thoughts? Any? What have I asked you? What have I not asked you that I should have, Lee? I think you you've covered almost everything, Jesse. Okay. Um, I, I I having listened to your podcast, I know that you you asked that question, and I was thinking about that to see is there anything that Jesse hasn't asked anyone before, or anything like that. And um, the only thing that I could think of was, is there anyone that like you're listening to now that reminds you of Bruce? Oh, that's a or, great question. Is there someone you're listening to? And, and there kind of is, um, or, or certainly had been. A, there's a, a young guy um, from the northeast of the UK called Sam Fender. Okay. And um, Sam released his, his debut album a couple of years ago called Hypersonic Missiles and um it was absolutely fantastic and he would cite bruce as like his his total inspiration he's a massive fan of bruce he's actually covered um dancing in the dark and atlantic city at a number of shows and things like that um so i would definitely urge people to check him out i think he's again really good at social commentary and succinctly putting things that are so relatable um sam fender sam fender okay i've made a note i will google him uh when we finish and check that out very nice Mm -hmm. good 
Um, all right, so you know we got to end with the Mary question. We do. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I unfortunately, you being an English teacher, my expectations are pretty high. Oh dear, on, you better on, drop on, those. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, just in case uh, this is someone you are Lee's friend and you're listening to this podcast uh, because of Lee and you have not heard others, uh, the Mary question is basically came from. Uh, um, a wonderful man named Jay Armstrong, who is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. He just recently retired, uh, but every year his um, honors English class, their senior year, he would take two days and they would take Thunder Road and break it down as a poem, similar to what you were sharing, Lee, that you would do. You would share mm-hmm. lyrics and pretend, you know, and say, and not tell them it was song lyrics. And so they, they break apart the imagery of um, the song. They would compare it to other poems, similar to like Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And then um, at the end of the two days, the question he would ask his class is, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? So, Lee, that is your question. You have the floor. (laughs) She gets in the car. Okay. She definitely gets in the car. I think um, this is Bruce's invitation to Mary. Yes. But it is Bruce's invitation to us to get in the car along with him for the journey. And we have been on that journey with him, some longer than others, some for many decades, um, and some for only a short time. But we have been on that journey and that journey has maybe ebbed and flowed in terms of people's musical tastes and preferences and so on. Um, people have have saw him get married and become a father and they have got married and become a father and so on. So I feel like we have been persuaded by the invitation of joining him in the car and therefore Mary will have been persuaded and get in the car also. I like that. I like that. That's a good ending. That's a good answer. Very nice. Um, and, and, you know, it, it is uh, one of the things that I am very proud of and, and is that, you know, we all are, we all have our own journey. And I really like how you spoke about some of us have been on this journey with Bruce longer than others. Mm-hmm. But it it's all just as important and intense to us, you know, like Laura, who's been on the show a couple of times and we just did songs of her life. You know, she, you know, she's like 19, mm-hmm. but she's, you know, she grew up listening to Born in the USA and has, you know, she's going to Broadway to see him the first time. Mm-hmm. And she is just a passionate fan as, um, you know, uh, Dan French, who has been on the show multiple times that saw him way back, you know, in the the 70s and has seen him so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can't judge the fandom based on the years. It's the passion and love. And, totally. you know, there there is someone out there just discovering Bruce this summer mm-hmm. and, and, and is becoming Im- – enthralled and is going through um of course now then you don't have to go to record stores you can go online but (laughs) i virtually going to record stores and uh, 
you know, I, I remember when I first discovered the Beach Boys, every record store I'd go to, I'd go to the B section and mm-hmm. I would scan just to see, is there an album I don't have? Or is there a cassette I don't have? And so there are people doing that that are going through Spotify and finding Bruce mm-hmm. songs and going to, you know, online, whether it's Backstreet or Amazon and ordering stuff. And mm-hmm. I just think that's a beautiful thing. It is. What a what a treat that lies ahead for them. Yeah. Um, what a treat that lies ahead for them. Definitely. And, you know, and what's what's fascinating, and I mentioned this a lot on the podcast, and I, I wish I could remember who told me that, but it might have been Bud, but the the guy that talked about he was there at the reunion show thinking, this is it. This is the peak of Springsteen fandom. It's never going to get better than this. Mm-hmm. And he had no idea what the rising wrecking ball, you know, Broadway, you know, Western mm-hmm. stars. It's just amazing. So, well, Absolutely. Lee, this has been a blast. I hope you had fun. I have. I Good. so have. I have Good. enjoyed it very much, Jesse. Thank you. So any final thoughts you want to share? Um, roll on 2022. Yes. And hopefully some tour announcements. And um, thankfully, I maybe don't fall into the category of, of broke student any longer. And okay. um, in knowing that, as we've said, just how finite um, and how delicate everyone's situation is i would love to be able to see more of that man this time around absolutely yes i'm I'm right there with you um you know my my wife keeps shaking her head going when he tours it's going to be bad and then i go no i said (laughs) i i will not put our our mortgage on i will not take our mortgage money and spend it on tickets but yes <laughs> i will eat uh cold bologna sandwiches to save money to be able to see as many shows as i can um so lee are you on any social media or anything so that someone can reach you um well i i am on twitter albeit that i kind of just sit and scroll for things that i'm okay. interested in and stuff like that so i'm on twitter um and the handle is at lee 770 Um, but that's probably about the height of it Jesse okay all right so at Lee 770 if someone wants to reach you Mm -hmm. um so uh what's your son's name Oliver all right well you uh uh you Hannah and Oliver go enjoy the rest of your Sunday I appreciate you so much visiting with me uh listeners you please um you know be safe go get vaccinated let's let's knock this virus back to where it belongs where we can get back to see live music and enjoy each other's uh company because being good to each other is the only way we're going to get through this thank you lee thank you listeners and we'll talk to you soon goodbye bye thank you jesse doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation and i hate that so please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. 
There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Merry Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.